sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. They're so good. Welcome to Average Joe's Drive-In. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 116 of Average Joe's Drive-In. I'm your host, and joining me again this month is my co-host, Dan Fleming. We're kicking off Horathon 2020. Mm-hmm. Hells yes. So, I'm excited. Today I... is literally like <laughs> Christmas for me. I was I woke up excited to like, I need, when can I watch my movie? When can I watch it? See, I'm uh, I I've kind of gotten away from just starting it in October now. I just start it like usually about the week before October. I'm really starting to get in the mood to start watching stuff, so I just said to hell with it. It was very hard not to do that this year. <laughs> I, I've done that in the past as well. It's just like I'm just gonna watch. My horror thought is gonna be from when I start it to whenever I feel like stopping. That might be Christmas. Yep. I don't know. It depends on if I'm on a good run of movies. It may go a little longer mm-hmm. than so. Yeah, I've I've already I think watched five or six since I started Sunday. <laughs> so well done. Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, on a good, and it's almost mostly stuff I haven't seen so far. So that's been well. This this is by far my most organized year because I've done it like the first few years I did this. I just watched horror movies, whatever. Right? I oh just, yeah, I no, no, went. I hear you. I did the same. I, thing. Then I started theming it, and I enjoyed the theme. And then I ran into last year where I the theme. <laughs> Kind of fucked me, because my theme last year was haunted movies, haunted houses, haunted whatever, and fuck, after like 15 of those, they start to just all be the same, Mm -hmm. and like movies that I enjoyed and are good movies, I was just not getting the enthusiasm for them, because I'm like, it's it's another, I picked a bad topic this year, Yeah. so this year, I went with the full decade of the 90s, and then, because I'm that fucking nerdy each day of the week is a different category as well so that way i've got a big mixture of movies right so you're doing you're doing slashers one day horror comedies Um, one day sequels one day whatever actually i don't have a slasher day surprisingly although my my teen thursdays They're all slasher movies. Well, I was going to say, but the th- that's the good thing with slashers is they can kind of yeah. slide into some of those other, you know, yeah. com- sl- comedies, yes. uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I hear you. I mean, that's why part of this year, that was why I just went with a, I gave myself a, a wide breadth of, of movies to, you know, in years and just stuff. Yeah. Instead of being like all vampire movies or whatever this year, it was like. Movies from 2000 to 2020. So I have 20 years of movies that I can oh, pick yeah. from. Yeah. Same, with, same with my decade. I've got <laughs> plenty. I've got my 31 fully picked. And then, of course, I have, like... I mean, I even wrote out my fucking calendar. Nice. This year. This is good for a podcast, an audio podcast. Me pick, holding up this list. Visualize my, it. Get my, in the yes. moment and visualize Dan's list. But it, it essentially looks like a day planner. But instead of, you know activities and work and meetings like an adult uh mine has movies that i'm going to watch that's cool we should all just do that instead i i agree <laughs> i'm 100 percent down much more for fun that filling out than an actual work day planner. i don't want to go to a meeting on thursday at yeah. 7 a.m on zoom for an hour and a half <laughs> oh, zoom meetings are the goddamn worst ah uh, yes they are <laughs> but on top of this i've got like a list of like 10 alternates on the back and because i'm definitely going to watch these 31 without issue like, I've, like, 
last night, uh, the girlfriend and I were talking about how she had never seen a Rob Zombie horror flick. It was when I commented on yours. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. She, uh, and she was like, well, I've never seen a Rob Zombie co- movie. And I'm like, well, fuck, we're going to watch House of a Thousand Corpses then, so... I'm not going to ease you in with the least digestible <laughs> of his Well, films. I'm not showing her the fucking Halloween. No, no, so. I, well, you know, I would think <laughs> if you're going to introduce somebody to him, especially, like, is... Has, have you inundated her with, like, splatter flicks oh, yet? Oh, dude, she's a horror film. Man. Oh, well, then she, that's she, cool. Yeah. She's already watched a good ton of these. Like, the be- the thing that's really funny, though, because everyone's... She'll look up these horror lists, and she'll be like, I really, really want to watch a Serbian film. And I'm just like, no. I don't even want to no, watch you, a no, Serbian film. <laughs> I've seen a Serbian film. No, you don't. I don't know. I've heard enough about like, it to know that I have no desire to I'm ever like, you watch start, that. You start crying when the kids get kicked off of Master Shift Junior. <laughs> um, you are, and again, I'm not saying this just because she's a woman. <laughs> Most men are not ready. That's why for a I Serbian don't want to watch it because I know what. Happens. I watched it like six years ago, and I'm like, I don't know if I need to see it again. But then now, of course, like somebody is putting out an the like ultimate uncut Blu-ray, and I'm like, well, fuck. how the hell could you go uncut with that film yeah, any more than what they it chop is? out? Like when, <laughs> when you're leaving in like baby rape, what did you cut out? What was what was that bridge too far for you? Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> so of course I will end up watching it, but no, she's actually a really she she will sit down and watch a good majority of these with me, and is always like, I just heard that's coming out, we need to watch it. So there will be like I gave her like of my '90s pile. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, because your time is because you have a you know a real adult job, um, and I don't. Um, <laughs> your time is more precious. So here's. Here's the films I'm going to watch. Which, like, which ones do you absolutely want to watch? And I'll make sure to leave those. We work, work those around nights, yeah. We're, yeah, we'll work those on the nights where, you don't, where you're not studying for another fucking license. Or oh, I hear you. I hear you. Mine so, is also going to school full-time, working full-time, yeah. and, you know, raising a 10-year-old. So, Whereas, yes. like, I'm waking up and watching <laughs> Scream at fucking 9 in the morning and going, like, this is good day! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you about that. See, I'm lucky the same way. Mine, mine loves horror as much as I do. Yeah. We're in that weird spot. Makes it easier, that's for sure. Oh yeah, because we could just be like, she'll pick up. I'll be like, what do you want to watch? And she'll be like, oh, let's watch American Werewolf in London. Okay, yep. Uh, yep. You know, um, it's at that spot though now, like where her daughter's asking to watch, like wants to watch stuff with us, <laughs> and she'll point at something for one of the posters again because everybody could see my posters um you know but she'll point at something and i'll be like no <laughs> not quite not quite ready for that one yet um but yeah it's like you got we watched the witches and i was talking with this with justin the other day i was like we watched which i had never seen the movie the witches the witches is a little much for kids well there was a couple spots in that and she's like that's creepy that's creepy and i'm like i kind of agree the makeup effects were pretty pretty awesome i mean that that was directed by if i remember correctly nicholas rogue who was like a pretty damn good film director that's not like some just you know it was getting his first studio and it was a it was a fun movie like i had a good time with it for what it was it was interesting i mean I would have liked it a lot more as a kid, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but you know, not seeing it until you're 42 is a little different. But well, as for all the people like, oh, we should watch Hocus Pocus. No, we're watching The Witches. <laughs> yeah, see, I watched Hocus Pocus for the first time last year. See, I'd never seen Hocus Pocus either because that came out in that time period where I was just like, now I'm good. <laughs> I don't really want to watch a Bette Midler movie uh, with. <laughs> 
So I kind of, you know, I kind of missed it, but she's a big fan of that and her daughter loves that movie. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll watch it. And I enjoyed it. It, was, it wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, now I, I know why it. people like it. I it like Angelica fun. Houston a lot. So yeah. anything she's in, I'm going to watch anyway. Yes, I just recently rewatched the Addams Family movies, which I hadn't seen mm-hmm. in forever. And I forgot how good those were. Those were fun, man. I picked that up at Walmart. Uh, it's like they had like the the double disc DVD for both of them for like five bucks. I'm like, can't be, can't be that. that. No. So, uh, yeah. Do you want to, do you want to kind of go over your list a little bit? Sure. The only thing I wrote, we already talked about my list the last time you were on. I do have some reviews to throw in cool. that you and I can talk yeah. about. Yeah. Cause you, I definitely yeah. want to talk three from hell with you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to. Yeah. Talk so I'll let, I'll let Dan kind of take the reins here and talk right. about his stuff. And we'll, well, I, I could just list the 31 off in order here, but I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to break it down into my categories. Cause I'm a super fucking nerd. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start off with Sundays. Uh, Sunday is Blood Sucking Sunday. So this is all vampire films one way or another. Um, Could you throw a succubus film in there? uh, No. (laughs) No, no. Well, no, I don't think so. Uh, So we're going to start off with Death by Temptation. Never seen it. (laughs) The early early to mid-90s, I'll say urban vampire flick. um, Mostly known... By its video box for having Kadeem Hardison, that kid who was on, like, a uh, different world. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dwayne Wade, not Dwayne Wade, Dwayne something, with the flip-up sunglasses. It was, just, it was he, he was, he, Kadeem was always the one that had, like, the hat with the visor flipped up, yep, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, yeah. <laughs> um, that, it's got him, it's got, um, oh, Christ. I don't think it's Sam Jackson, it might be Lawrence Fishburne. It's got another big name actor in there. Yeah, right? yeah. It's... It's what I've always wanted to watch and never got around to it, and then Vinegar Syndrome released it. God bless, uh, God bless those companies. It will not be the first Vinegar Syndrome you see on this, yeah. this list. <laughs> uh, then we're going to go to Abel Farrar's uh, very arty vampire film, The Addiction. Also starring Lily one. Taylor and Christopher Walken. Nice. Uh, just that mid-90s Abel Farrar films, Jesus, like Bad Lieutenants. That dude pushed some boundaries Is there. it set in uh, Times Square, New York? Oh, of course it is. It's, 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 it's grimy the, New York. It's in the scummiest part of New York, just like he loves it. Yeah. Uh, then we've got one that I've actually seen uh, of recent. Uh, John Carpenter's Vampires. Which I actually, I know a lot of people hate that movie, especially because people loathe James Woods oh, James so Woods badly the giant, these days. James one of the biggest assholes on the planet, but I still love this film. Uh, yeah, and that's the same thing with me. Like, um... That's in my top five favorite Carpenter films. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that's what I've been like. I keep meaning to buy the Scream Factory edition of that. Yeah. But I just, it's been like, there's been too much other stuff I've wanted when yeah. I've had a little extra I money. I so. set it on the shelf knowing, like, so many of these are movies that I bought over the past year. Yeah. And just sat on the shelf being like, oh, oh I've been doing the same thing, picking yeah. stuff up out of, like, Redbox or used at Bull Moose or oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then my last blood-sucking Sunday film is Tales from the Crypt's Bordello of Blood. Nice. I just watched that last year, the year before I watched that one. Because I, I hadn't seen the... Yeah, I, I can't remember now because I'm having a brain cramp. One of them I had never seen. One of them I had. I think I'd seen Demon Knight, not Bordello of Blood, or the other way around. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will most likely also be watching Demon Knight at some point. Just yeah. because. Demon Knight's fun, man. That's a... they, they both are. I mean, Demon Knight's more fun. 
I yeah, I Bordello definitely like Blood. Demon Knight better of the two. But, but I mean, I haven't seen Bordello of Blood since it came out. It's been a while. Uh, then we move on from Sundays to Monster Mondays. Uh, the first one I can't fucking wait to watch because it's again Vinegar Syndrome <laughs> with added footage. Tammy and the T Rex. Which I've got sitting, like, <laughs> I'm not going to watch it probably this month, just because I'm really trying to focus on the 2000 movies. But at the rate I'm going right now, I have a feeling I'm going to get through at least 30 of those. So I may, I'm going to throw in probably a few movies, because it's on Shudder right now. Yeah. So I've been like, just being the oddity that it is, yeah, I really want to see I'm just it. completely fascinated by the fact that when they filmed it, they had all these gore scenes that they ended up taking out, and it turned into, like, a PG-13 family film, almost. And yeah. Yeah. So, But no, now they've reintegrated everything, and it's bloody and gross, so I'm really <laughs> excited to watch this. Um, then a very underrated film from the 90s, uh, probably just because it had a terrible fucking video box art when it came out, Deep Rising. Yeah, it was no- fucking treat Williams on a sea do. Like I need, like that's gonna sell me on a horror movie. with giant octopus type monsters or yeah. squid monsters. Yeah, which that was another one I just recently watched in the last couple of years. Never even knew about it. Don't even remember ever hearing anything about it. And then all of a sudden, it was Scream Factory was putting out that release, and I was like, Kino Warber. Kino Warber. I was like, what the hell? They, what is this movie? Yeah, and everybody was like, dude, you need to check it. this out. They were like, this would be right up your alley, <laughs> and it was. It, yeah. It, it's bad movie, awesome fun mm. type, just, yeah. You need those every once in a while. It's a popcorn fly, that's, you know. Yep. Uh, then I have uh, Guillermo del Toro's English language debut, Mimic. Nice. Yep. Uh, the director's cut, which I which is much preferable to the studio cut that got butchered. Um, still not as good as, it's still lower shelf Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. But it's a fun monster film. Um, I love, I it sucks that she'd pretty much disappeared from the planet when it comes to acting because of Harvey Weinstein. But Mira Servino. Oh, I love Mira Servino. Loved Mira Servino. So anything with her. In I just see anyway. she was just in something recently, though. Yeah, she's kind of coming back a little bit. But I mean, Harvey really put the really screws. The, well, I mean, from she, you know what I heard, she kind of put him in his place, and he didn't like. Oh, it oh, and, she did actually over the film mimic. She told him that if because they were going to fire Guillermo del Toro. And she said, if you do, I'm going to leave. And if I leave, my boyfriend at that time, Quentin Tarantino, might not be very happy with you. And at that point, you know, Tarantino was... He was their cash cow. He was cash cow for Miramax. (laughs) So they didn't fire Guillermo. So just the fact that she put herself in that position kind of makes me adore her even more. Yeah, a little bit of a badass when you put your career on the line, you know, just... (laughs) Uh, and then the last Monster Monday movie, another film that got butchered to shit and was recently re-released as a director, kind of a director's cut, but not quite, uh, Nightbreed. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I just love Nightbreed. Man, it's been a really, really long time since I've seen that. I watched it probably four years ago when this uh, Screen Factory Special Edition came out. Yeah. Um... That seems to be a reoccurring theme for movies in the 90s getting butchered all to shit. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like more than any decade that I can think of, you know, maybe towards the late 80s you started seeing it happen, but it seems like, especially when the whole MPAA thing oh, yeah. started, when they well, that I, I really was, started interfering. I was watching the uh, documentary on Scream today, um, 
And Onnit was talking about it needed like a ton of cuts to not be NC seventeen. And watching it now, I'm like, that's pretty tame. What it the stuff that had to be cut. It's like, oh well um when uh W. Earl Brown, the cameraman, got his throat slit. Yeah. That scene was just a tiny bit longer, and the MPA made him cut it because he has a disturbing look on his face as he's dying. It's not that he just got his throat slit. Yeah. It's, it's the disturbing look on his and face. And Wes Craven was like, it's a murder. He probably should look a little disturbed by it. <laughs> but the MPA's like, no, you got to cut that scene The short. MPAA makes no sense to me Well, it's because it was Wes Craven. Yeah. It was Wes Craven, and they know... Oh, well, this guy fucked with us with Last House on the Left it's, and Hills Have Eyes. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's great because you hear like Adam Green and those guys talking about that stuff all the time. Because yeah. Adam Green is another one that his movies are notoriously gory yeah. for the most part. And he's like, he's like, you if you film it knowing that they're going to do stuff, he's like, that's how you get around some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. He was the last person, I think, to have an NC-17 movie released in the theater, if yeah. I remember correctly. It's been a bit, yeah. Which was, I think, Hatchet 2, they released... Yeah, but yeah, so many of them now, they will go overboard in the initial cut, knowing that they're going to have to cut a little bit of it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're they're, they're prepping it, you know. They're gilding the lily, <laughs> as they say. Gilding the lily, that's... I like that. That's... Uh, <laughs> nice. I'm pulling out some old-timey... I, I want to use, use that for, like, an album title or something. <laughs> gilding the lily. <laughs> uh, the next day of the week, Tuesday, is probably going to be my most fun, because this is, like... The weirdest shit. This is my Vinegar Syndrome Tuesday. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, starting off with The Suckling. Is it, it... It's a film about aborted fetuses that come back to haunt the bordello where they've been flushed? Okay. <laughs> I say, so it's not the werewolf movie that I've seen on no, Amazon no, no. This Prime. No, one this one's like little aborted fetus killers. Oh, well, okay. Uh, so much, I took a photo of like the initial movie poster, because they actually, they changed the title. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Yeah, because aborted fetus baby murderers wasn't catchy. Yeah. <laughs> Images. See if I can find the same thing. Oh, it's not gonna let me. It's not gonna find it. <laughs> the suckling. He'll always be mommy's little mutant. <laughs> I like that tagline though. That's oh, it's great. a great tagline. Oh yeah, the title, the original title of the film was Sewage Baby. <laughs> Sewage Baby. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That, that was makes like me. That's that... like one of the original. Po- uh, it, the poster has um, like the European age thing on it, so maybe that's what it was called over in parts of Europe. I don't know. That makes me like instantly think of like trauma. Yeah. It, uh, do- judging from the screenshots I've seen, uh, it's essentially a trauma. Trauma movie. Film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I've got Dolly Dearest, which I've never seen, but it's another one of those '90s killer. Was that movies. the one with the the doll with the blacked out eyes on the cover? Yeah, she's wearing the, like the little Dolly red dress. She's wearing blocks. like the little red dress or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, one of those I saw the cover for a million times. Yeah, I remember seeing that one in the video store. Yes. Uh, then I've got Blood Games, which was a recent Vinegar Syndrome purchase. It's about an all woman softball team that are playing softball games throughout the South. Uh, beat a bunch of men in, like, a championship, the men then rape them all, and then they go and kill all the men. Okay, so yeah. it's it's the sports version of I Spit on Your Grave. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's all I Spit on Your Grave with a pitch count. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and then lastly, we've got the Clint Howard classic. Ice Cream Man. Ice Cream Man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One I've never seen, but I still, for the, well, to my dying day, remember that cover. Yeah. Of him with the giant ice cream coats with the bloody heads on them. Yep. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> it's it's not great, but it's fun. <laughs> it's Clint Howard. Yep. It's <laughs> uh, then I've got my Witchy Wednesdays. Where I start off with The Blair Witch Project, because you kind of have to. If you're doing 90s horror witch movies, you need The Blair Witch. We're just going to skip that one. (laughs) Uh, Then I've got The Craft. And I will likely, because Blumhouse just announced it yesterday, be watching the sequel as well. Because that's going to be video. Now, is that a sequel or a prequel? It's a sequel. Okay. Yeah. Um... They, the only thing that shows it's a sequel in the trailer is they're flipping through, like, a thing, and it has, like, a, the Polaroid of Feruza Balk. Okay. Um, then, uh, this film I know next to nothing about, but it looked really cool, so I picked it up. The Sect. Which is a Michael Sobey film, correct? I believe it. I believe it might I think be. that was his first, yeah. first film, I believe. It wouldn't surprise me if it was, because I think it was a few years before Cemetery. Because, because I believe the sect and the church kind of go together. Yeah. <laughs> or for some reason. Because I think he only had, like, the four horror films. I think he had the sect. Um, Would have gone the sect. Stage Fright, The Church. That's right. I always forget he did the original Stage Fright. Uh, The Church and then Cemetery Man was his last, I think his last horror movie. I think you are right. He's been doing like TV. He he stopped directing. The Church was 89, Sect was 91, and Cemetery Man was 94. Okay, so no, I was completely wrong. Yeah, then he's just moving on to like. He didn't direct anything for a long time because I know he had a kid that was really sick and he was taking care of the kid and. He stopped directing for a long time, but he's kind of come back. TV movies and miniseries. Yeah, but it's not horror. Like it looks like it looks like murder. She wrote type Italian murder. She wrote type story. Him, he gets to stay home more. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then lastly, the aforementioned the witches. The witches. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, Also, might try to get a double feature in there to to represent us boys. uh, Warlock two, the Armageddon, because men can be witches too. Damn it. That's right, but they're called warlocks, uh, not witches. <laughs> uh, then my Teen Thursday, it's what I started off with today. Uh, the 90s of all 90s horror films, Scream. Yeah. You, you can't go wrong. I'll probably end up watching Scream 2 as well at some point. Um, and then next week is Urban Legend. Then I, then I Know What You Did Last Summer. Then Disturbing Behavior. Then The Faculty. That's like the five... Five fingers of the fist of 90s horror films right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want the popular horror movies of the 90s? The teen horror, yes. The teen horror, but... Where's Idle Hands? Idle Hands? (laughs) I haven't picked up the Scream Factory this (laughs) yet. The Bull Moose and Pangor didn't have it, so I'm like, I'm going to have to I have it on VHS. (laughs) I I have it somewhere on DVD, but I really want to watch the the Scream Factory Blue. But I've also recently... I watched that like two years ago, too. Two or three years ago. Right, right. But yeah, that film's great. I love that movie. Underappreciated. Um, then we go into the ones which were kind of didn't really fit anywhere. Uh, they're Freaky Friday. Um, mostly known because they're just weird. Uh, <laughs> we've got Baby Blood. Uh, I've never, never heard of that it's, one. It's another Vinegar Syndrome film. Uh, that explains it right there. Uh, <laughs> a Scream Factory release that came out just recent. Uh, Body Parts. Which is starring I, also the wonderful Jeff Fahey. Um... 
then Bride of Reanimator. Nice. Love those Reanimator films. Just adore them. I've never, all three of them. I've never seen Bride. I've seen the original, and I definitely never see what the last one oh, that came out. Vestron put that out. Recently. Which was like, what, in the early mid-2000s or something? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. quite a time frame in there. Yeah. Um, then the uh, Richard Stanley film Hardware. Wow, there's one I have not seen in a long. Also, I remember also, again. Also, recently put out in a special. The edition. only thing I remember about that film is the artist chick in it smokes bl- uh, Captain Jack or Blackjack joints. Yeah, <laughs> that um, I think are laced with PCP or something because she gets all really freaked out and trippy with that. But I remember watching that when I was a kid. Or, not a kid. Well, yeah, yeah a it was kid. like ninety one. So yeah. I was I, a teen I, when we had the big satellite dish back in the day, and I randomly got like three movie channels, mm-hmm. and I remember watching that and just like I was like, just I was like, this is trippy as shit. It's, <laughs> it was, it's a weird fucking. It was movie. a weird movie. I don't think I quite appreciated it like I would now if I yeah, watched no, it. It's, but it's, it's it's a good film. I enjoy it. Um, and then lastly, we have D. Snyder's Strange Land. Which is also underrated, in my Highly opinion. Highly underrated, I think. Um, it's unfortunate that it came, like, right around the same time as Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses, so it was like, oh, yeah, that other less-known rock star is doing yeah, a horror movie. Yeah. But I liked it better I, than House of a Thousand Corpses. I thought he was really good in that, yeah. too. I mean, like, he's a pretty decent actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's just... Man, there's some really disturbing shit in that too. Like, yeah, it, and, and it's this not was before Saw. Yeah, and it's not like super visceral. It's not like super super visceral as far as gore goes, from what I can remember. But it's more of that implied disturbing yeah, it, type. Yeah, it you makes know. you feel oogie. Yeah, type of thing. Yeah. Um, and then another day, which will be fun. Uh, my sequel Saturdays. Nice. <laughs> um, starting off with the 1994, I believe. Absolute gem that most people either love or hate, Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the Next Generation. I fall on the love spectrum. I think that movie's bonkers as shit, and I just love watching McConaughey fucking hand I would say that's part three, right? Four. Four. Part four. Three is the one with Vigo. Vigo Mortensen's in part three. okay. Ken Foray. Okay, I've seen one of those, and I don't remember what, because it was a- This is the one that has the cross-dressing leather face. And Renee Zellweger is yes. in it. Yes, that's the one I've seen. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, and I was, saw it one time. Where they go? Where they go to? Like where they get lost at the house after prom? Okay. Yeah. I remember very little about it. I watched it one night. I might have been slightly inebriated when I watched it. <laughs> I don't remember a lot about it, but I remember Renee Zellweger being in it. Yeah. And I, I and don't Matt McConaughey and the leg braces. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember that part. I do remember the cross-dressing leather face. Yeah. 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 Three is also an underrated. I don't, uh, I'm never still seen waiting three. for a director's cut of that because that's another one that just got absolutely butchered by the MPAA. Yeah. Uh, I still enjoy it, but when you hear about the stuff that was taken out, you're like, "Damn!" Uh, then we've got Candyman. I'm gonna try a double feature uh, two and three because I've seen Candyman a million times. I could yeah. recite that film forward and backwards. <laughs> Candyman 2 and 3, I think I've only seen once each. Yeah, I've seen 2, never seen 3. Uh, following it up with Return of the Living Dead Part 3, uh, which was, that's a very 90s horror film right there. That was one, like... That's all punk attitude, you know? You know, like, I used to love Part 3, like, and 
I rewatched it a few years ago because I bought the was it Vestron? Vestron put it, yeah. It up? yeah, I bought the Vestron Blue of it, and I rewatched it. Man, I struggled to get through it. <laughs> like I was like, there's still some really cool stuff in it. But I was like, the pacing is just not good in that film. And yeah, I haven't watched it since I picked. And up some of the off, so. and some of the effects look really, really, really dated. <laughs> some of them look great. Some of them not so much. But yeah. Uh, then I'm gonna follow that up with Species Part One and Two. Nice. That's Maybe good, three if I can find a copy. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think I've ever seen three. I've seen one and two. Uh, yeah, well, Natasha Henstridge wasn't in three, if I remember right. I okay, think they so replaced, I think somebody they somebody her. different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last day, which is Halloween, it falls on a Saturday. Odds are I will be watching one of the Halloween sequels on this day as well. Which there was uh, a slew of them in the nineties. Yeah. So, but uh, I, I'm leaning particularly towards H2O because I yeah. like H2O. I think that gets. I've only around. seen that once. I've seen H2O once, and the one with Busta Rhymes once, oh, and that God, was enough. Busta Foo. That was once was enough for me on that one. Uh, but my, the, the one I have <laughs> scheduled for that day is Pumpkinhead Part Two: Blood Wings. I just saw that for the first time last I year. I haven't seen it. <laughs> since it probably came out and i don't remember a damn thing about it and you will watch it and promptly not remember a damn thing about it but... <laughs> other than it has punky brewster in it oh jeez, i don't remember that yeah, yeah. Pun- punky brewster's in that one <laughs> uh and then for my backup titles um i've got practical magic because i haven't seen it in forever and i might as well yep uh embrace the vampire the Alyssa milano like almost skinamax type film Jeez, I, I think I might have seen that one because wasn't there some like lesbian stuff going oh, I'm on sure in that? Was. Yeah, yeah, I, think, <laughs> I probably saw that back in the day. Uh, the John Carpenter remake of Village of the Damned, which I really like. Uh, the Gus Van Zant remake of Psycho, which is okay. It's a fine. If you've never seen the original, it's a fine film. There's just, there's nothing to differentiate no. it from the original other than color in Vince Vaughn. Yeah. I just give it to the fact that Gus Van Zant, when after making Miramax a ton of money, uh, studios offered to, hey, "What do you want to remake? We'll let you. Re- what, what do you want to make? We'll let you do whatever you want." And he's like, "I'm going to do a shot for shot psycho remake. Fuck all of y'all." Probably the most, the least commercial thing he could have possibly done. Yeah, and he did it. Um, then what I'm incredibly excited to see because I finally got a DVD copy of it. Even though they just fucking announced, because it happens whenever I buy something on DVD, <laughs> right. it just got announced there's going to be a Blu-ray of it. Fire in the sky. Nice. I have a DVD of it, which is like, it's a region-free, some weird release. Because um, yeah. I've been trying to track it down because it had been out of print forever and I happened to be in Bull Moose. Yeah, Warner Brothers just put it back out again in their as part of their archive. Uh. Which they probably did knowing that the Blu-ray got licensed. So they're like, well, shit, we better make some money up. Because they did the same thing with uh, Cronenberg's Crash. Yeah. They just put it back in print again. And oh, oh I, so I pick it up. And then like two days later, they're like, oh. They did that with something. Oh, sp- uh, Prophecy. Yeah. When Prophecy come out, been out of print forever. All of a sudden, there's a DVD you can order on demand. And then yeah. all of a sudden, Scream Factory's release of Prophecy comes out. Yeah. Uh, then I got the two 90s uh, gothic flicks, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Both excellent. Yep. A uh, couple of monster films to throw in there, too. Anaconda and Arachnophobia. Both 
while Anaconda's fun, stupid, yeah. and arachnophobia is great because John Goodman kills me in that. He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> and then the last one I have is uh, one that I just took off one of the other. I took it off a of Freaky Friday because I wanted to fit into one of the other ones, but I'll still get it. Uh, the Eddie Furlong masterpiece, Brain Scan. Oh, wow. <laughs> there, yeah, another one I have not seen since, like, it come out. I remember renting that when it came out on VHS, like, forever. Well, that's what I really tried to balance in this month. I tried to get ones I've seen a million times, ones I've seen but I haven't seen in a long after, yeah. and just ones I've never watched, and kind of really balance them out there. So, yeah, I don't have to work. Because, like you said, there are sometimes when you're just going randomly that you're going to watch, like, four or five duds in a row, and you're mm-hmm. like, ugh. And then, then you end up watching, like, the classics for, like, a week to reset yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, we were talking about that when we were talking about the horathon last time. And, like, I kind of, you know, you get on those streaks, like, so far, I haven't hit anything that was a flat-out, like, just crap fest. Yeah. Out of all the newer-ish ones that I've watched. Granted, I started it off with a very non-2000s movie with The Howling 2. <laughs> just because Your I... sister's a werewolf. Just because I felt, and you got, you know, Red Brown, who was... For those of you who watch Mystery Science Theater, theater it's buff slab meat. Rip chunk chest from, you know, Space Mutiny, like one of the greatest episodes of that show ever. He's the main guy. And Christopher Lee... Christopher Lee is Christopher Lee. Yeah, how the fuck did they get Christopher Lee for that? I mean, I'm sure he, the dude not, doesn't turn down a paycheck. No, so. but I mean, like you know, he was he was Christopher Lee, and yeah. it, it was it was what you'd expect out of Christopher Lee. Just it's just not good. It's but it's it's kind of enjoyable in that really awful movie sort of way. Like I mean, what was it part? Three or four of them are soupials. See, I like that one in a, oh. in a dumb, fun sort of yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. But it's not going for highbrow entertainment. And then there was anyway. there's one of them. It's either four or six. I can't remember. They're in a castle and there's snow. Yeah, and I, I remember. I can't remember which one. That and is. I remember. I've only seen four of them. In in this one, they were in the, because the one thing I remember is there's like one really badass shot of the werewolf coming out of the snow, and the werewolf looks badass. And it comes out of the snow when they're in this castle, and oh, yeah. that's about all I remember of that one. I think it's part six. But somebody's <laughs> got to get a hold of those rights and do a proper box set for those. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I'm mean, I'm sure somebody's working on Screen it. Screen Factory did a great job when they did their Howling Blu-ray, but it's like there's a come on. Vinegar Syndrome did a fucking box set of like the last four Amityville films. <laughs> right, you know somebody can somebody out there. Can I make can't imagine else. other than maybe the first one that the rights would be that overly difficult to get for <laughs> yeah. most of the later sequels. Yeah, it's kind of like the Children of the Corn syndrome. I think most, from what I've heard, most of the latter Howling movies are basically in name only. Yeah, they really have nothing to do with anything pertaining to the actual yeah, Howling they're just, films. They're, yeah, like I said, they're like the Children of the Corn <laughs> and the Hellraiser films, where they're just keeping the rights to the name. Yeah. Where it's like, like, Christ, I think like the last three or four Hellraiser films were just pr- police procedural films that they then... Had Pinhead again and occasionally. Added, yeah, added in some Cenobite scenes. Yeah. To, I don't know, make it weirder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, okay. Michael Chiklis in Hellraiser 9. <laughs> you know. I would actually watch that. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Do you, do you have anything else? No, on that's that, or not, is that that's, pretty much your that, thing. That's my list. That's my go-to list. Like I said, 
there's never there hasn't been a year in forever where I've watched less than fifty. So stuff yeah, definitely get added. Last year I didn't get as many. Last year, last year where I wasn't doing the show, I didn't really like double down like I normally do in October. And last year was just a weird October for me. I had a lot going on, so it was like I would get into those sections where I would watch a bunch of films and then go like two or three days and not be able to watch anything and then i'd watch a bunch and then uh, that's just how it played out so i think i i watched uh well i'm gonna pop open letterbox and i will tell you exactly what i watched last year to give you a quick rundown because last year for me was just like absolutely randomness um uh, i watched blood sucking bastards <laughs> lights out terror vision chopping mall Banana Splits the movie, <laughs> which was fun as shit. Yeah, that movie was... Way better than it had any rights yeah, to be. Exactly. When Kurt was coming out, I'm like, what now? Um, child, the remake of Child's Play. In the also, ta- also better than it had any right to be. In the Tall Grass, which I was kind of indifferent about. Yeah. Didn't love it, didn't hate it. Uh, Anna in the Apocalypse, which I didn't care oh, for. I love that movie, but I'm a sucker for musicals. I'm so. not. Um, you Might Be the Killer, which was a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apollo 13, 18, um, Head, which is about a puppet horror movie, Jaws 2, Day of the Animals, Doom Annihilation, Slaughterhouse Rules, Tigers Are Not Afraid, which was amazing, uh, Slumber Party Massacre, Boar, Bad Moon, The Hills Have Eyes Part 2, which I had never seen, Bait, Prophecy, The Gate, Crawl, The Barn, lots of movies with the in the <laughs> title, uh, Cannibal Holocaust, which was my first time viewing of that, and probably my last time viewing that, um, Hostel, which not, not hostile, hostile, uh, which is a weird alien-ish movie, uh, Chillerama, The Lords of Salem, which I had never seen, which wasn't that bad. I don't mind that one. That's probably my second favorite of his. Uh, the Battery, which I had never seen, oh. it was really good. I was for that they was just had something new come out recently too. That's a, one of the. That. That's a great low budget film. Uh, I can't remember what the title is, but look up the other film those two guys have done. It's gotten great reviews. I just I keep forgetting it exists. I was really impressed with that for you know what it was and how yeah. it was shot and just it was a low budget film, but Ultra it was done very well. Uh, Don't fuck in the woods. <laughs> What's that one about? <laughs> well, it's about aliens and not fucking in the woods. So, um, but surprisingly, again, another movie, ultra ultra low budget, was way better than it had any right to be. Not one you're gonna watch with the little little people around. Um, very NC seventeen, but very good. Uh, slugs, which I had never seen. I like slugs. And Halloween three, season of the witch. So that was that was last year. You know, it was just kind of random. Whatever I felt like watching after that. midnight. That's the other film done by Jeremy Gardner, the guy who did after midnight the battery okay. and it looks very much the same. Where it's very low budget. But w- works around that budget in very inventive and fun ways. Okay. I'll have to, ch- after midnight, I'll have to remember that one. Because I really, really like that one. Um, 
So this is what I watched so far. So I'm, Dan, I, I'm sure, has probably seen the majority of these. So we can kind of talk about them a little bit. And Because uh, like I said, I'm way ahead of the game here. Um, the Howling 2 we talked mm. about already. Um, one that I just watched and really I'm trying to get onto my reviews because this always kills me trying to actually get on my reviews and stuff. Why am I doing it this way? Uh, hold on. Ah, I should just click on reviews because that would make sense. There you go. Um, all right. So I watched one, uh, called blood quantum from 2019. Yes. yes. That's a recent, is that Hulu or shutter? Shutter. It's a shutter exclusive. Um, basically this, I'll give you, give you my quick reviews of these, a very interesting take on the zombie subgenre of horror told from the perspective of a native Canadian. It offers up something different that we haven't seen before. That in itself is a rarity these days, especially with the zombie genre. Um, there are some interesting stylistic choices that work rather well. At least I thought so. Um, the acting is solid, and I love the score. There are a few things that kept it from uh, being elevated to another level for me. Um, one, while it does offer offer up a unique perspective, it does suffer from a few of the standard zombie movie tropes. At this point, I think that's pretty much unavoidable. Second, there are a few moments that felt forced or weren't addressed between the brothers and the father. While it doesn't ruin the movie, I would have loved a bit more of a dive into the backstory. It left me a little a bit unappeased because it was interesting and I wanted to know more. Mm-hmm. It was more of like one of those things that like it didn't really hurt the movie, but it's like I want to know more about what was going on. This is one of those rare cases where we could have used another 10, 15 minutes on it, which you yeah, don't, no, I don't I'm, say I'm, often. I'm in complete agreement with you. It's, it's obvious that it had... It, Probably wasn't longer due to budget restrictions. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but damn, they made the most of the budget they had. There were some great like set pieces and action sequences. Oh, some of the action sequences are badass. Um, overall, Blood Quantum was a damn good movie. Can't wait to see more of the director's work. It's a fresh voice in a sea of knockoffs and Romero clones. Yeah. Highly recommended for zombie fans or horror movies or horror movie fans in general. Mm-hmm. He has another one. It's called the uh, Ghouls something uh, that I looked up, and it looks really interesting. Um, which was his his first full length. It's a ghoul something. I I can't remember. Anyway, I gave it a three and a half out of five I think stars. That's not what I gave it to. So, I mean, for me, it was just refreshing because it's it's not another typical. Hey, look at all! It's a white man apocalypse. N- no, and that's what I liked about it. It was. It was. It really took the native point of point of view, the you know the native Canadians, um, the indigenous folk, um, that they have their own communities set up, mm-hmm. and they just happen to not be affected by the zombie gene. And unless, I, unless they get something the- else that was cool, and what I was talking about on stylistic choices is he they use animation in this film to kind of bridge the gap between some of the sequences. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, that would annoy the ever-loving shit out of me. But the way it was done with this, it transitions very smoothly. Like, it's almost not noticeable for when it transitions over. It's kind of weird. Hard to explain it unless you watch it. You know it's animation, but it doesn't feel weird, I yeah. guess, is, is the best way to put that it. That is a good way to put it. Um, 
the next one, um, which I've, I've seen before, but I really wanted to go back and watch it, was The Headhunter from 2018. Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, this is an amazing film for a few reasons. One, the budget, and secondly, it's essentially just a single character with very minimal dialogue. I think there's maybe five minutes of dialogue in the entire film. Yeah, that, that film was about as low budget as low budget. <laughs> I think they film. made it for like $10,000 yeah, or something legit, crazy like that. I remember that. listening to a podcast with a guy. There were something like four people on set. Yeah, it was like, the, the, it was like the DP, the director... Yeah. The main actor in, like, one-line producer. Yeah, and, like, the, the guy who played, like, the knight who, like, posted the stuff, that guy was, like, also, like, a set worker. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he just happened to be one of the only other people there, so they put him in an outfit. Right. Uh, if you're a fan of low-budget films, this is a shining example of what can be done with drive and determination. In many ways, it's an interesting look at loss, grief, and exacting vengeance. What separates this from other films about the subject matter, is the setting and story. It's a truly unique film in that aspect. Um, it's basically a fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. If you like, as I've heard a bunch of people say, and they're not wrong, if you like Skyrim, oh, yeah. it's basically a, a movie set in the Skyrim universe. No, I, I remember when I watched <laughs> it going, if they ever make a Skyrim TV show, this guy needs to be on fucking board. Uh-huh. Um, and while this may not be for everyone, it's one every genre fan should check out at least once. Um, and I think this film deserves way more recognition than it gets. Not enough people talk about this one. Oh man, just the scene where he's walking through the cavern, like through that tight. Oh, the cla- cavern, that's claustrophobic. That and, is ugh. such an incredibly well done, and apparently. It was a real pain. Yeah, because I because that's a real location. The, the movie crypt guys had him on, and he was talking about them having to like back up out yeah. of the cave because there wasn't even enough to turn, turn around. around. Yeah, um, I give that four out of five stars. Oh yeah, um, I wholeheartedly agree with that assessment. The next one I watched uh, was The Marshes from 2017. Um, I watched this one on Shutter. The Marshes. The Marshes. Never, I do not believe I've seen this. Never heard of it before. Um, but I was like, I was trying to watch something that was a little shorter. And I was like, ah, this seems like it might be kind of interesting. Set in the Australian Outback. It's an Aussie film. So um, it wasn't bad, but it was a tad on the confusing side. Um, I thought the acting was solid and the film looked good. But some of the small pacing choices took away from the overall enjoyment and just some of, like, the weird cuts and just weirdness of the film. Um, it almost feels like this film was trying too hard to have, like, a real twist ending. And you kind of knew what was coming really early on. Because they telegraph it. Especially if you watch a lot of movies, like, <laughs> that have twists in them. Which is a lot of horror movies. But, um, uh, it's pretty obvious that there's going to be some little weird twist going on um it's worth the watch and i have definitely seen worse i think so, i saw a review where somebody said it's basically like a lower budget wolf creek type movie with a bit more of a supernatural twist uh it, it's 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 like it's one of those things it's it's like an australian slasher mm-hmm. i guess would almost like they're trying to set up like a franchisey type mythos around the bog man that you know it's like i said not awful not great i have seen far far worse so i give it two and a half out of five 
So it was one of those ones that's not one I probably would revisit. Um, and the characters are really weird. Like, they have this weird aesthetic where, you know, kind of normal, not too bad. Then they get really annoying, and then they're okay again. Then they're annoying, then they're okay again. It's just kind of a like the dynamic of the attitudes and stuff. Just, there's too much of a that light bulb moment where it's like on and off, on and off, on and off. You know, there's no consistency. That was, I think, what really bothered me the most. If yeah. that had been a little more consistent, I probably would have liked it better. But for what it was, you know, yeah. um, that was, like I said, that one was on Shutter. Um, and I'm dumb and just <laughs> hit the wrong thing. Uh, so I watched. This one is one I hadn't seen for a little while either. Um, Wolf Cop from 2014. Oh, yeah, Wolf Cop. This was my second viewing of this film. I feel like I came away feeling about the same as I did the first time. It's got some solid special effects. The transformation scenes are pretty gnarly. There's some good comedic moments sprinkled Especially throughout. the werewolf dick scene. Oh, that's... <laughs> yep. The acting solid in the story is interesting. Overall, it's an interesting take on the werewolf genre and a solid horror comedy. Definitely worth the watch for genre fans, especially those who like their films to not take themselves too seriously. I mean, dude, the main character's name is Lou Garou. Yeah. Uh, you know, I give that one three out of five stars. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... Uh, and then this one I know Dan will be anxious, is anxious to talk about. <laughs> Haven't seen it. And that is 2019's Three from Hell. Oh. Um, I have been holding off on this one partially because of the bad reviews. And also the trailer just didn't grab me. But I figured I might as well finish up the Firefly trilogy. Mm. Um, first off, I don't think it's nearly as bad as everyone made it out to be. Mm -mm. The dialogue is a little rough in spots, which is every Rob Zombie movie he has done. Yep. Except for maybe The Devil's Rejects. That's the only one where I really felt like it just was point. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely weird. And it, it's it's weird and I, it's hard to describe weird. Uh, if you've watched any Rob Zombie movies, they're all pretty weird. Mm -hmm. But this is like a different type of weird. Like, I don't know. It's hard, hard to explain it. Um... But I think for the most part, it worked. Um, like most of Zombies movies, there is a definite stylistic and tone choice, which he usually does a great job of sticking with. Um, this almost had a Western vibe to it yeah. to me. It almost reminded me of like the old Sergio Leone films yeah. in a lot of ways, but it was a horror movie. You know, it's the bandits on the run from the law type thing. But with, you know, whereas... Devil's Rejects was a grindhouse film. See, that's the thing with, with Zombie with me. If you read the plot, I'm always going to be like, yeah, I want to watch that film. He always... I There's always parts in the movie where I just end up rolling my eyes because I'm just being <laughs> like, can we have one character moment where they're not arguing and calling each other cocksuckers or something? Motherfucker. Every other... Yeah, yeah it just... It, it's in every movie. Dude, and I'm not, like, a prude by any means, even, but it's me, like, it, it does, it's like, dude, even the most asshole-ish character wouldn't say motherfucker 90 times yeah. in the course of an hour and 
45, 50 minute film. Yeah. I mean, it's just. I, yeah, it, it's, it, it just gets, it gets to be too much. It reminds me as a writer when I'm writing and you do that first draft and you don't realize that you have. You've used the same word. You've used like the same word paragraphs. over and over and over again. It's almost like, and I'm not saying this is what he does, but I'm saying it feels like you don't have that person to proofread your thing and be like, dude, you know, it was great, but you mentioned this same thing like eight times and you keep using the same phrase over and over and over. Yeah. It's almost like, I think, and I think he's a type of director that I think he would have no desire to direct anybody else's stuff. I think he wants to make the films he wants to make yeah. and kudos to him well, for he doing does. that. He's like, 31 was it wasn't a kickstarter but it was so it was something crowdfunded yeah yeah um i think this was along the same path and again if you want to finance your own movies and you get to do whatever the fuck you want that's just the way it is yeah i still would like to see there be like a script supervisor or exactly. somebody come in just to be like dude I, this is because the stories themselves yeah, are really cool and interesting are good. his visuals are usually Damn good. I love the visuals. I don't know who his DP is, but his DP is yeah, awesome. And it's just like, but then he, he gets, he's not good at writing scenes. Yeah. Um, and his dialogue, it's not that his dialogue is bad. It's just so, like. Repetitive. It gets repetitive because he just keeps tacking on those little things yeah, that make it annoying. Yeah, I love Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects is a five star movie. For Dude, me. you know what my favorite scene in the Devil's Rejects is? And it's one of like, it's not really like the gory moment or anything. Mm-hmm. It's when Brian Posehn and the guy are walking back from the thing and they're talking about stuff. And he's like, well, I'm thinking about going back to rodeo clowning. Mm-hmm. And just that scene right there is like, the dude can write really good yeah, dialogue. That's a good moment. It's a good, it's, and it's a, one of those weird moments that just stands out because it's kind of calm and it's yeah. not just, hey, da, 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 you and know, it right seems in your like face. now if he wrote that scene, they'd be talking about each other's wife's pussies. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, it would be something like, why are we listening to this? This isn't doing, this isn't giving me character moments. This isn't giving me anything. To the point where, uh, by the third film, Otis, who was in a very interesting character in Devil's Rejects, Definitely interesting in House of a Thousand Corpses. He's a fucking caricature by the time by the yeah. time Free from Hell rolls around. And I wonder and Bill some of he's better than that. And I think some of that is just the time frame in between because there's been a long gap in between movies. Yeah. You know, so I, I kinda wonder if some of that is just the gap. If they had done them closer together, yeah. maybe. Because dude, he is one of the most evil motherfuckers ever on the planet in Devil's Rejects. Yeah. I mean that dude like just exudes evil yeah, he, when he takes the guys out to the desert to go shoot them both i'm just like damn like he's so cold yeah. and this he feels like he he's he's it's a little as weird it is to say he's always had that weird like black humor to him but some of it in this one felt like a little bit more like light humor yeah. like there was those light fun humor moments sprinkled in between him massacring yeah. people it was just kind of a weird yeah um the new brother the half brother guy yeah. though was fucking great i, he, like I thought Richard break he was also the best part of 31 i thought he was the best part of the film yeah. as far as like but it sucks that we just i mean i understand why but we didn't get more said hey you know yeah that was kind of a bummer but knowing now what was going on and yeah yeah. yeah, it's like, well, Sid Haig was dying, so he couldn't do that. You know, any film, I get, I have special love for any film that has D. Wallace in it, because mm-hmm. I just 
Mama D. That's yeah. just, you know, that was like my movie mom growing up. You know? Everybody's movie mom. <laughs> E.T., man. Well, for me, it was more Critters than E.T., oh, yeah, but critters that just tells you that uh, me, but, the, uh, you know, so, and she's in my favorite werewolf movie of all time. I mean, I love Dee Wallace, so she's great. Um, so the last one I'm going to review is we had talked about it before, and I know you said you had never heard of it. I had never heard of it, but I picked it up from Redbox, and that is 2019's Snatchers. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this one. I knew very little about it going in. Um, while it has some ups and downs as far as the characters go, this was a really solid flick. At times, the characters were a bit annoying, but not so bad that it ruined the film. Again, it was the case of the light bulb thing where they <laughs> there was a weird, you know, kind of up and down about, like, this character was a bitch all of a sudden, and then she wasn't. And then she was a bitch all of a sudden, which... You could kind of play some of that into the synopsis of the story, but at the same time, um, it just felt like they were, again, maybe trying to cram a little too much mm -hmm. into that short time space. Didn't ruin the movie at all, but it was just like, it kind of made me not feel bad for that, as bad for that <laughs> character, I guess. Um, the effects were really solid. And there was actually a surprising amount of gore, which that was what really got me with this. I didn't expect it to be as gory as it was. Um, had a very similar vibe to Gremlins. A that's, bit, a good, that's a good vibe to have. A bit more gory and raunchy, but that's the closest <laughs> thing I could think of. Maybe just a bit of humanoids from the deep as well. Nice. Um, that, yeah, th those, those creatures are a bit more rapey. Yeah, well, these creatures are rapey. So... Um, but it's a weird, yeah, it's, you'd have to watch it. Um, while not perfect, if you're a fan of 80s-style creature features with a bit of comedy thrown in, this is definitely worth checking out. And overall, the two lead actresses in this were fucking great. You know, they were, they were really good. I don't attribute the weird part, like I said, about the characters to them. I think it's just, it was the way they were written. But the creature effects are really cool, man. It reminds me of, again, 80s practical effect creatures they didn't look like overly cgi so i'm really thinking they might have been done practical um you know they may have been a blend but they definitely weren't like asylum straight up cgi type monsters the monsters actually look like practical effects and so yeah that was pretty good so so far i'm up to seven films since sunday um i don't know if i'm actually going to even get to a film tonight i i've been like I've been on a roll like with these newer films I haven't seen, so I'm kind of trying to keep the train rolling right now until I hit a dud, and then I'm gonna probably throw on like Thirteen Ghosts or something like that, you know, that I've seen many many times before. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm trekking through this year. I'm having fun with it, so you know, that's usually. But usually that first couple weeks, man, I am just like. That's when I go hard, and then I, then usually after about the second week, it starts slowing down a little bit. Yeah, it's like a reverse bell curve for me, where I watch a ton at the beginning, it slows towards the middle of the month, and then picks up as I realize. Yeah, the month is usually better. that last week I go really, really hard, especially right like Halloween's on a Saturday this year, so probably Friday and Saturday with a full moon, no less. Friday and Saturday are probably going to be pretty like pretty just me going hard and horror movie yeah. and out for a couple days, but yeah, so. That's where I'm at. Um, 
And I think, you know, like Dan said, he's going to have, we'll have all kinds of stuff to talk about. I'm not sure how we're, we're going to, I know we talked about having you on a bunch of times this month. I mean, I'm good for once a week, but it's completely up to you. We should definitely get a, get like a halfway there, like maybe two weeks. We'll do like a progress. Report. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Progress report yeah, episode. absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah. So it makes it much easier now that Dan lives like 10 minutes away from me <laughs> instead of, you know, an hour. Yes. Uh, so yeah. Anyway. And, um. Also, just to let you guys know, I have a little bit of a different mic setup. I've been trying some different stuff. The last episode, if you have listened to the episode with Justin Am, awesome episode, by the way. We went like two and a half hours, and we could have gone a lot longer. Um, I was trying some different microphone setups. Justin's stuff sounds great. I sound like I'm standing in a hallway. Uh, it's a great episode. It shouldn't hurt anything. But um, the... Uh, uh, just to let you know, there's a little bit of audio discrepancy there. You can still hear everything fine. It just There's a kind of an echo to me for some reason. So we're trying this new mic setup, and I'm pretty sure this might have solved the issue because I'm using two of the exact same mics, and we each have our own, so everybody's nice and crystal clear. And I think I may have finally found that setup. Um, anyway, so yeah, there'll be um, that. Like I said, I'm doing a double episode. So if you've listened to this and haven't listened to Justin's episode, listen to it. And if you are joining us because you listened to Justin's episode, welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Thanks for sticking around. Yeah, thanks for, for checking it out. So, because the world is, like, all screwed up right now, I'm going to leave you guys with this funny little tidbit, I guess. Um, <clears throat> let me find this. I will give credit to the person who wrote it. So, this is from Bill Teasdale. I don't personally know this guy, but something one of my friends shared. And uh, in these troubled times, there is one thing we can all agree on. What we really need right now, more than anything, are wider and shorter plates of nachos. <laughs> no more tall towers of chips and toppings. Spread the toppings across the larger area and cover all the chips, not just the top layer. Stand with me on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, be cool, be kind to each other, and I will see you sexy animals on the flip side. <laughs>